we don't have a rite of passage. There's no like very clear delineation. There's no marker between one day you're a child, one day you're an adult. Yeah. You know, and and I think that adds to the craziness of people like you and I when mm -hmm. we're 17 years old. You're you're trying to like, I guess, prove to everybody in your tribe that you're a man. Yeah. So you're like surfing down the highway on the top of your buddy's Jeep. Yeah. Hypothetically. Okay, guys, Splendid Torch Podcast. We missed last week. You were sick. Was that last week? That was last week. You nah, were dude, sick. I, well, this week, I was back this week. Yeah. Well, okay. The so week before. The week before you were recovering. Sick, you were recovering. But, dude, it was one of those sinus infections, or like an upper respiratory infection, as they call it. And uh, it's, it lingers, man. Yeah. So nobody would have you wanted it last to hear week. me. Last week, you, I got it when you were teaching. Yeah, you okay, guys. Uh, so <laughs> we're playing guard. Yeah. Yeah, it was tough, dude. Mornings, you know, always interesting. Yeah. That first steamy shower in the morning. Um, you know, and then the question always comes up, oh, do you think it was COVID? No, I don't. And here's why. Because my little girls had a respiratory infection, and for three days and three nights, they were coughing directly into my mouth. You think that's what got Nonstop. It? You think that's really how you got it? Dude, you know what gets me is because <laughs> I've been teaching kids for years and years, almost, you know, a decade and a half. You live in a Petri dish. Yeah, dude, I live with two of the two sponges. They're just like, yeah. you know, you know when a sponge has like outlived its life expectancy? Yes. And it makes the dishes smell worse than when you, <laughs> before you wash them? It's got a coating of jelly on it's, it. That's my children. <laughs> um, but before we had kids, if I got exposed to somebody who was sick, I was fine, dude. I was yeah. ready as rain because I would go home and sleep and I would rest. So now it's, it's it hit, they hit you from both ends because they cough in your mouth all day and all night. And then they're up all night crying. Yeah. Because they, my nose is stuffy. I can't, <laughs> can't breathe. So that's that's what got me. It happens. You're human. I know it's hard to believe, but you're human. I am. I'm noticing that more and more every day. Oh, I know that one. Which is a good thing. Um, Is that a new student? That is or just saying hi Bo's brother-in-law. Oh, get out. I believe that's Bo's brother-in-law. Oh, we got him taking his first class. Taking his first class. Rode a rode his bike to take from his Medford, first class. Yeah. Good he's for him. He's in Medford. Well, he's an EMT, so he might have been up the street. I don't know. Yeah, but performing was, CPR. Yeah, uh, on somebody. Um, yeah. So, dude, anytime a new student comes in, I get jazzed. That's up. That's awesome. It kind of throws me off. He was. Bit. He and his son were excited. They were excited. His, it's funny. Dude, how about that guy riding his bike here? It's awesome. That's, That's impressive. Awesome. Yeah. I mean. He's not. He's not an old man. He's forty. But that guy's not yeah. a spring chicken. No. Look at him go. Yeah. He's a solid. He's built solid. Yeah. What was cool was his son is knee deep into Musashi. Is he? Yes. How old is his kid? Like 18? seventeen. He's gonna, he's uh, graduating college. Digging Musashi. Or gonna huh? go to college. Yeah. Because I was like I was like see this, and that's Musashi. He's like that's awesome. Dude, the earlier you can get introduced to things like that, the better. The more better. I was talking to my neighbor yesterday, who turned out to be. Melissa's my wife's uh, JV basketball coach. That's insane. So he moved in, and we drive by, and she'd be like, "I think I know that guy." <laughs> I'm like, "Mo, there's no way that's your fucking coach." Yeah. And then you know, a month later, like we had, we finally bump into him and like have a, a conversation, and she doesn't say anything. And then towards the end, he goes, "Can you take off your sunglasses?" He's like, "Are you, are you a fox?" And uh, you were he, like, yeah, yeah, totally. <laughs> her maiden name is Fox. And uh, he coached her and her sister. But uh, but anyway, we were talking about, you know, he's he's a good neighbor. And like he likes having like pretty deep conversations, which which I could get into. 
and I'm walking away. I, you know, I brought he always brings treats for the girls. Brought brings them like uh, like tea sets, cool stuff. Yeah, you know, because his kids are like 18. You know, so he's trying to you know lean into that. And uh, he's like, you know, I just got to tell you, like, it means a lot to me. I have like a good neighbor like you, and like it really means a lot to me that like. I, I coached Melissa so many years ago, and then like she she has like good memories of that. Yeah. Like I, I left a good impression. Impact. Because when he was coaching her, he was way younger, and he coached like in Camden. He coached like special needs kids mm-hmm. in like really bad neighborhoods when he was young, young. And uh, I was like, dude, that's big because I was coaching kids and, and adults when I was like twenty three. Yeah. Where. I've got a lot of good memories, and when I bump into people, they say a lot of good things, and it easily could have went the other way, because when you're fucking 23 yeah. and 24, I bring it up because this kid's reading Musashi at 17. Yeah. Dude, you're such an idiot when you're 23, 24. You have no like foresight. You are not thinking in the future. So when you're interacting, at dude, at 40, at like, you know, I'm 37, about to be 38, when I interact with somebody now, like I have a very firm grasp of the future of the relationship. Yeah. You think about that. Like I want to help this person and like we can grow this thing together and blah blah blah. When you're 23, you don't give a shit about tomorrow. <laughs> you're not thinking about tomorrow. No, you're not. So it, you that's know. the you have that immortal complex where you're just like I'm immortal. Nothing's going to hurt me. I could do whatever I want. I'm which not, which yeah. is a weird it's it's a friggin' conundrum that whole I, I, you're right because it's like I'm gonna live forever so I can put off for as long as I want whatever exactly but there's also there's no consequences exactly like you know you act very rashly thinking nothing bad can ever happen to you and at the same time you're like I'm gonna live forever yes all right well idiot that means this dumbass <laughs> if you make the wrong decision you can live in those consequences for a very very long time yeah you know there that's not a very uh, sustainable dichotomy right there it's true. But I'm impressed that that child, that 17-year-old child, is getting into Musashi. It was awesome. Yeah. It's awesome. And he was reading a biography on him. And I was like, well, get the Book of Five Rings. Read that. Yeah. I said, it's not very long. He's like, you know, he wrote it in a cave. I'm like, I know. It's awesome. He wrote this. I forget how many years ago. It was more than 10. He wrote this. I mean, and it was translated. Supposedly, he was at the Battle of Sekigahara, which was in like 1790s or something. Yeah. So it was like 400 years ago almost. It's crazy. Yes. It's just crazy. And to see that he had that. And you know what I got to tell you? You know, you have a lot of kids. You see a lot of kids at 17 years old. They're kind of, you know, they're all over the place. He was not yeah. like that. He was semi-stoic. Just very That's, calm demeanor. It's impressive. You know? It is impressive. Dude, I look back. I'm like embarrassed. I'm not embarrassed of who I was because I was doing the best with what I had at the time. Yeah. It's just comparatively, I just did not own a lot of myself. Like, I was still... Like you were. Yeah, I was exactly. Just trying to figure things out, which, you look, we could chalk that up to a lot of things. First and foremost, youth. And how yeah. do I know that? Because when I read things about like the Comanches, the the teenage Comanches were fucking insane. Yeah. They were racing horses like to the point of like almost killing each other. Yeah. They were dying to get into battle. They were just, they were gambling with like, they would like gamble over like watching like a hawk try to get a rabbit. <laughs> they would just gamble over whatever they could. Yeah. They weren't like playing dice, <laughs> but uh, that's just you know ubiquitous. That's that's kind of like how it's been since the dawn of time. We did not set any standards that weren't already set. No, it's, it's part no. of the age. It's part. No, of the but I gotta say this: one thing that we were lacking that those other 
cultures and generations had was we didn't have a rite of passage. True. We didn't have a very clear rite of passage. Even like our parents, they didn't have like as clear as like a ritual as like the Comanches would have or, mm -hmm. or, or many, many other cultures where you literally, or like you ever see like one of those like Amazonian indigenous tribes, you got to put your hand in a mitt of like fire ants. Oh yeah, yeah, good That's, stuff like yeah, that. Yeah. Like, hey, you're a man now. Yep. Let's see you fucking pass out from pain, hallucinate from pain. <laughs> or you ever see the one where they, this is like in the jungle, they set up like a platform like 50 feet up in the air. You have to stand there. And they, t no, they tie your ankle to like a bamboo. Okay. And you have to jump off. Bungee, oh they, yeah, they I saw that. jumping, but yeah. you hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> it's not. <laughs> I guess it's supposed to slow you down just enough so you don't die. But anyway, there's another one where they have a small platform that you're supposed to stand on top for, just for like three days, three nights. Yeah, it's 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 insane. Yeah, it's yeah. Insane. all right, and there's a bunch of stories like that. Yeah, you know, like Native Americans, they'd send you out into the into the wilderness on peyote. Yeah. And uh, you come back and you have like your vision quest. We don't have a rite of passage. There's no like very clear delineation. There's no marker between one day you're a child, one day you're an adult. Yeah. You know, and and I think that adds to the craziness of people like you and I when mm -hmm. we're 17 years old. You're you're trying to like, I guess, prove to everybody in your tribe that you're a man. Yeah. So you're like surfing down the highway on the top of your buddy's Jeep. Yeah. Hypothetically. It would never happen in reality. Yeah. Or like you're climbing out the back window over the top down to the windshield to scare everybody. Yes. Hypothetically. Yes. Things yes. like that. Yeah. Just like, you know, you're in your car and you're driving up the road and the goal is to go as fast as you can at this moving car and then weave out of the way and get around it. Well, don't be a chicken. I would never do that. Yeah. Yeah. That's lacking, dude. Me and Matakas talk about that a lot. That there's like, there's no, it's like we're, we're, uh babified we are Infanti I think, infanticized i, I agree i no, think that, killing babies <laughs> I infantilized think, infantilized yeah right. i think we're doing i think as a i want to say I, generations are done a disservice to a certain degree because we do not have that i think that's something we should have yeah you just 100 percent. i mean we could talk about jujitsu obviously you know you have that here um i know there's um like uh, there's this training called SARS training, which is like extreme training. They SARS? Put, SARS training. They, you basically, you go out, they give you a chicken and a knife, and you got to survive on this chicken. And, and there's a whole, I believe it's SARS training is what it is. I don't know. I forget what the acronym, the acronym is, but it's you have to be selective for this. It's survival training. Mm -hmm. And there's a whole wide range of this thing from surviving with the chicken. You know, This is through the military? Yes. Um, and there's there's a lot of stuff that's not spoken of about like it. surviving with the chicken, like you both have to make it to the end. Yeah, it's like when your kid brings home an egg. No, you got to kill the chicken. You have to survive. It's a like health class when you got to take care of. There's the, POW yeah. part of it where they they imprison you, and there's, yeah. yeah, I don't talk much about that. I know some some details, but it's it's pretty. It's it's the same thing. You're you pass this, and it's like all right, you're you're you've met the warrior code. You you know you you've passed. Yeah. And there's a lot of people to fall flat on their face. I mean, if you think about it, you're like, oh, these are my friends doing this to me. This is my, you know, it'd be like guys, you know, like a hazing thing almost. It's like pledging a fraternity, but it's to an extreme. You they really, and it's like Hell Week. Hell Week's the same thing. And the funny thing about Hell Week is that just says okay. 
now you could kind of start doing the training. Yeah. You still have another year and a half to fail well, you gotta and prove, fall on your face. You got to prove the that metal. You, you're, you're worth the time and effort yeah. that everybody's going to put into Because yeah, the fallout rate of uh, Hell Week is insane. Dude, look, I, I was in a fraternity in college. I don't know if I look like a frat boy or not, but uh, you know, you, you pledge and then you go through Hell Week, and it, it's not an ironic name. Yeah. It's not a, 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 an enjoyable week. And uh, the funny thing is, it's like the thing people will remember the most fondly. Yeah, it's a thing. It, it's torture. You don't sleep. You're, you're like walking and same doing stupid stuff, and uh, it's so physically demanding. And uh, we all brag about how hard our hell week was. And mm -hmm. like the other other pledge classes, are like yeah, but we had to do this and we had to do it. And you remember it so fondly. Yeah, there's nothing enjoyable about it. But what does it say? It's it's this market distinction. It's you made it through. Yeah. You've proven to yourself and to your tribe that, like you like you said, worth your medal. Yeah, and and that's a we don't have that in every day, and you know your kids, my kids don't have that. You know they have are, no they don't they have, have no opportunities. None. Exactly, they don't have that opportunity, um, and they don't have that that I think necessary challenge in life. I think you, you look, and it, it goes back to, and we've talked about it probably a hundred times. If you never meet any challenges, if everything is paved with, you know, lollipops and unicorns. That's Dude, we were watching the TV was on last night or during the day, and it was on, like, Nick, Nickelodeon. So, obviously, the way that they do commercials is they're trying to target your, the parents that, that might be watching. Yeah. Yeah. It's like if you, ever, if you have young kids or if you're homesick from school – the commercials you see during the day, it's all geared towards old people, yeah. like retirees. So it was kind of the same thing. And there was this injury lawyer, and he's like, you know, do you slip in a store, any business, really? And he, he said something along the lines of, like, no accidents or injuries should ever happen. He said no accidents or injuries should ever happen. I was like, what kind of a stupid fucking comment is that? That is just not the case. It's stupid. That's just not the case. It's, and It's false. And that's indicative of a larger problem. Yes. Which is this whole like mindset and this whole philosophy that we nerf the world. That we make it so that our children never feel any sort of discomfort or adversity. And that, you know, they can live with us until they're 35 because yeah. I don't want them to fail. I don't want them to, like, fall on their face. That's not how, like, we're fucking, this is not how we evolve. You need to have strife in your life. Man. So, like, our parents, we're talking about rites of passage. Like, our grandparents and our parents, they, like, they talk about in Fight Club. They had yeah. their great war. Like, they had World War II and they had Vietnam, which, you know, obviously that was not as well received yes. publicly. But... <laughs> They're like doing these great grand things. And then now we talk about this too all the time that the hardest thing about modern society is how easy it is. Yeah. It's like too easy for us to function properly. Yeah. What a strange thing. Because generations before, I mean, just look, we, we've, my father didn't have an easy go of it. Hit my grandparents didn't have an easy go with it. And going on back, we're the, like this is the first couple generations where you have easy, a little more. What does that even mean? <clears throat> what does that even mean? Like what, here, another thing you got to think about though is like your dad, the world, when your dad was twenty, was the best it had ever been in the history of the world. True. The world when your grandfather was twenty was the best the world had ever been. Yeah, it, isn't that a weird thing? It is. And a like crazy now, thing. it's the best it's ever been, but it's like we overshot our landing. Yeah, like it's too good. It is too good. Have a good, have a good class, coach. Go get him, professor. Go get him.
It, it is. How do we say that? We had discussed it before. I just drew a blank because Tony came in here. But you got lost in his dreamy eyes. Okay, what can I tell you, man? He's a good-looking dude. That shaped-up beard he's got he and the faux hawk. He has got that faux hawk going. The twinkle in his eye. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, I, I, it's annoying me that I just had this brain fart. But, you know, we've talked about it where it's every generation's – we. As parents, instinctively, you want to make your, your children's life as easy as possible so they don't have to go over the, the hills and the mountains that you did. Yeah. So I think it's got to an extreme where it's now, like you said, you know, we're nerf-proofing the world for our kids. But the question but I are have they, for you is... You do the best you can. Right. But right, you got to let your bird fall, the baby bird fall out of the nest. You yeah, know what I mean? The, but the question I have for you is like, you just said you want to make it so your kids don't have to go over the mountains that you did. But... Did you really, was it that bad for you to go over those mountains? Did you really dislike going over those mountains so badly? I created my own mountains is the problem. It, it, there's the thing, dude. That's the point. Like why, when, at what point does that shift happen in your brain where it's like you're, you're nine years old and you're hyper capable and, and you, you could tackle these things that come your way. And when you don't, you gather yourself back up and you get, you get back to it yeah. and you figure it out as you go. And when you're eight and you're nine, you, you're looking at your parents like, Give me more. Give me more responsibility. I can do yeah. it. I can do it. Like, let me go to my friends. I, I can make yep. it. Like, let me go. And and then you become a parent. And then all that, all those memories, that dialogue is gone. Yeah. You look at your kid like they're incapable. And you fucking babyfuck. They are capable. They're, they, they can be. They're not, they don't come out of the box like that. No. They come out of the box with the potential to be capable. But the Everybody only way, yeah, the only way to actually exercise that you know, independence is to grow the muscle. Yeah, it's true. And, and, and we don't allow them to. <laughs> oh, boy. It's oh Professor boy. Al's in the house. Classing up the joint. Yes, he always. is. As always, he's, he's bringing, the, uh, bringing the giggles. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, you know, I don't know. It's, it's, such a, it's such a weird thing. What we do instinctively you know, yeah. you're like, oh, I want my kid to be, you know, I want him to be this, that, and the other thing. But at the same time, you're like, oh, I got to make sure that they don't run into this or that. And it's like, well, how's that doing them any, you know, if you don't give them the opportunity to fail, they're never going to have the opportunity to grow. Well, because we get caught up, and we've talked about this sentence before, but we get, we get caught up in the idea of, I just want them to be happy. Yes. I just want her to be happy. I don't okay, want them to but, feel pain. But what the fuck does that mean? Yeah, yeah, it means I don't want her to feel pain. Yeah. No, you know what I want for Scarlett and for Avery? I want them to be capable. Yes. I want them to be able to, I want them to have the ability to build a life for themselves. Yes. Way beyond just being happy. Yeah. Happy is a weird thing, dude. It is. It's a very strange thing. It is. Like right now, like, you know, I spent the weekend, I had a good long, like, hike with Matakis. We talked in depth, had a long talk with, you know, Melissa, because I have to, like, I have to reorient myself towards a new goal. Like every, we set these goals and we accomplish them. And right now we don't really have the, a clear goal. Mm -hmm. I do now. I'm kind of keeping this one close to the, to the chest, but I'm so much more fulfilled just having the target to aim at. Yeah. You know, cause now what, what do I get to do is I get to start climbing start again. Climbing I feel the best when I climb. Yeah. It's like that uh, video making the rounds on the interwebs. It's this guy, I don't even know who he is. He could be a lunatic for all I know, but what he said is is pretty uh, pertinent to our conversation. He's like the the man who who loves 
the destination will not go as far as the man who loves the journey. Walking. Yeah. So like if you, if you fall in love with the the process of chasing these things, of accomplishing your goals, you're going to make it way way further than the person who just sees the mountaintop and falls in love with that destination. Yeah. Because what happens along the way is you're walking up, dude, when you park, when you go to a mountain, you know, like we went for like Matakis's bachelor party. You yeah. park in the parking lot. You could see the top of the mountain. It's like, oh shit, we're going to get there. It's going to take five hours, but we're going to get there. And then you go to the trailhead and you look up and what do you see? You don't see the top of the mountain anymore. No. You see trees, trees and rocks. Yep. And we saw a, a, a black bear. Yeah. Which, you know. I'm There's one in Mount Laurel right now. Is there? Yeah. Dude, they're like dogs. I'm not really scared of a black bear. <laughs> um, and there were like 12 of us. I'm sure 12 of us could fuck up a black bear. I think you got this. One of the guys had a panic attack. Oh, that'll do it. Yeah. yeah that's like, not going to help you. Dude, you're not helping. You're just going to get eaten. You know? <laughs> but it, it's like in every movie, there's that one guy. Yeah. Oh, my God. Oh dude, my God. but the funny thing is he was, the, he was like, he was the guy doing push-ups all day and like <laughs> flexing all day. And then there was a black bear like eating blueberries. No, no. Yeah. What if I look like a blueberry? Yeah. Everybody had to like gather around, like give him air. Anyway. <laughs> oh, man. Good times. <laughs> Your body betrays you, isn't that funny? Yeah, it does. But anyway, you get it, dude. Yeah. And and that's kind of what happens here. And we had two black belt ceremonies in the span of like five months. Yeah. And the thing that we always have to look out for is the, like that that letdown afterwards. Yeah. And, and we did not have that. We didn't have it, which is which is a great thing, dude. Yeah. I don't I don't know why, because usually after a big belt promotion we do. But we didn't this time. No. I wonder why? No, I don't know. I, I, I don't, you know what? I again, this the six individuals that got them were there. Yeah, they were very well prepared mentally. Um, you know, you could when we did the crucible. You know, they were they were they six were, very different people. Yeah, completely different. Very different people. Completely different. You know, but nonetheless, they it's that joy. And and again, it goes back to you know to achieve a black belt. It's not the destination. It's not the destination. No. And there's the journey and the walking, the work that it takes to get there is what it's all about. Cause that's, that's how, when you put that belt on, you go, God damn. Yeah, this is real. You know, I had a conversation today with one of the Weedify guys we were talking and I had brought up before I said, you know, competition, you know, the medals and all that are great. I mean, everybody wants that 38-cent Naga gold medal that you yeah. get, you know, the world champion medal you get. Yeah. But I know for myself, and we've discussed it before, I love the pre preparation. I love the battles, the, the the work, all that extra work you put in there. Yeah, well, that's what the 38-cent the medal, that's what it's, it's really saying. Yeah. It's like Joan put up a post when she got her most recent stripe. And it was like, uh, I know it's just a piece of tape, but, and I was like, just a piece of tape that's like saying a marriage certificate or, or your, paper. your wedding ring is just a piece of metal yeah or a diploma is just a piece of paper yeah that's not what these things are no they mean way way more especially the tape and, and well here let's be very clear it's though, funny because for some people a wedding ring really is just a piece of metal yeah but what does that really tell you yeah, they're not fully vested exactly <laughs> it's but when you come in here dude and you're putting that piece of tape on your belt it says a whole lot. You see the value of that tape when you put it on. They went, really? Yeah. I mean, I'm like, yes, this 
one cent piece of tape that's four inches long that yeah. we're wrapping on your tape is worth millions. Because it, it's like language. It's language. Like language only carries the meaning that like you assign to it. True. You know, which is another good one. It's like, who's fucking, of all people, Selma Hayek. <laughs> I saw a video with her. Which she, dude, let's be honest. God bless America. <laughs> yeah, she's still killing the game, dude. She's what, in her 50s? She's my age. She's, she looks in, she's 110. Yeah, she looks incredible. But anyway, I saw a video with her, and she was like talking about when somebody insults you. Like, you don't, you can make up your mind not to accept it. And she's like, yeah. how do I know? Because when I, if somebody insults you in a different language, it means nothing to yeah. you. It literally means nothing to you, no it's matter true. what their face is doing or their arms are flailing around and there's vitriol in their face and in their, in like the sound of their voice, it means absolutely nothing. True. But somebody can say, you know, just the basic insult in your language and, and you can choose to hold on to that. Mm -hmm. It's like, dude, we assign meaning to things. Yeah. You assign meaning to things. My father said to me one time, because I, I forget where, it was like a, f uh, a friend that hit, my, our parents were really good friends. You know, went to church together, did all that thing. And Kim was like, being real prick to me. He called me a bunch of names. I was like, man, I'm going to kill this kid. And my dad said, let's talk about the words that he called you, what he said to you. He goes, are you this? I'm like, no. He goes, why do you give a shit then? Yeah. He goes, he's showing what he is. Don't play into his game. And I had the same situation with Carlo. Carlo's like, dad, this guy said, and I said, Carlo, Let's let's tear these words down. What is it really? What is it really? Yeah, no. Are you really this or that? He's like, no. I go, then why do you give a shit what this idiot is saying? I go, he, his main goal is he's trying to spur you on so you could screw yourself up. Well, the big problem is that biologically, like socially, we take a lot of our cues from the people around us. True. And that's just kind of, that's ingrained in us. Mm -hmm. It's It takes a lifetime to get away from that. Like, because yeah. you're fighting biology. Like, yes. of course, you're supposed to take your cues from your tribe. Why? Because that's how you figure out, like, if you fit in or not. And why is that so important? Because that's where you get your safety. Yeah. So if, if you're getting little tiny cues from your tribe that, like, you're not likable or you're not reciprocating the the workload and things like that, what do you think happens eventually? You get booted. Yeah. So like I can see, and I'm not a fucking psychologist, but you know, I've read enough of this like tribal you're a black bullshit. Belt. To, I'm a black belt. I stayed in a Holiday Inn Express last <laughs> night. But it makes sense. It makes sense. And yeah. that's why things like Buddhism and like meditation are so popular. And the truth is it takes a lifetime of meditating to start to realize like what that asshole said doesn't really mean anything. Yeah. And then you realize, like, wait, if what that what that asshole said doesn't mean anything, then maybe what the asshole voice in my head says doesn't mean anything either. Exactly. But you're not you don't come out of the box like that. It takes True. a whole lot of work. It takes a lot of conditioning, a lot of work, a lot of self appraisal. Yeah. So when somebody calls you an asshole or something like that, it it it, it gives you pause. It makes you like feel like pretty shitty because part of you is gonna take it for face value. Yeah. And then you start doing that introspection. Yes. Especially if it's not something like, like, like if we called each other that, we know we're joking around with each other. Yeah. It's different. But if you have somebody else says it to you, kind of, you immediately give it weight. Unless you've done the self-examination part. That's what I'm part. So well, let's, let's talk about the people that are not involved. They're not listening to this podcast, which I would say the majority. Are all assholes? They're stupid assholes. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but it's, 
you know, I, I think there's, and again, this I could bring this back to jujitsu because we talked about it when we had the uh, the vet guys that came in yesterday for open mat. The Mark, who was the one that I, I gave the gi to when we I did the seminar Villanova. Yeah, he's like, it's funny. He goes, the more I train, especially after training, somebody can flip me off, cuss me out, call me whatever. I just don't care. Yeah, look, there's a lot you of know? reasons for that. When it's post training. It's it's for it's because you're spent. Yeah, like you know. You but got, you also you kind of get that zen. He was saying it because yeah. you kind of get that. It zen puts like, things in perspective mentally, exactly. physically, and biologically. You have all the good chemicals are going, they're pumping, so it's easy to yeah. you know let somebody <laughs> flip you off and go about their day. But when you train every single day, yeah, and like you're in the trenches, like we are, yeah, you're doing a lot of self examination exactly so when somebody tells me that i'm full of shit i can look at them and be like well no i'm not yeah now how do i know that because i put myself in really bad spots on a daily basis and you know i answer the call yeah oh and somebody tells me like oh you're or you get into an argument somebody says like you're selfish or like you're self-centered you're narcissistic no well no i'm not no how do i know because on a daily basis, I'm in here giving back to the people around me. Yes. I'm in here boosting the people up who are around me, and I'm not putting myself on a pedestal. You're not trying to build where yourself I could. Up. I could. Yeah. Like my name's on the door. Yeah. It's actually the opposite. It's a day-to-day struggle to do my best to deflect. Yeah. And make sure that I'm not the sage on the stage. That's the idea, and and it's a very simple thing. I see it, and I appreciate it. Is you rarely walk through the front door. You always walk in through the back door. Yeah, I don't want to make the grand entrance. It's, it's not about me. Exactly. And I see it and I know what it is. And I'm like, dude, that's huge props. I mean, because you know that there's people that walk in and they're going, hey, dude, their hands here, in the air. Here's the thing. It's not, there's nothing to say like huge props to because it's so disgusting. Yeah. It's so gross. It's true. That it's like, for me, it's the obvious way to handle it's it. It's the best path. And I, I get it and I respect it and I understand it. And and I and the other part is, you know, as someone that, you know, you're my my professor, you're the guy that I follow and I take my cues from, I see the right way. Yeah. I, and and that's a good thing where if if you're gonna be a, a self promoting narcissistic prick. Dude, some people can pull it off. Yeah. Very, very few. Yeah, I mean look at battle. Very, very. That guy's ridiculous. <laughs> Some people can pull it off, dude. It's yeah. just not me. And I, I think people try to, f- people try to fool other people into. Believing. Well, that's when it's disgusting. Yeah, exactly. exactly. That's when it's gross. When exactly. you're when you're like a self promoter and like you spend your days convincing everybody that you're this special person. Yeah. That's when it gets disgusting. I'm a. But there are there are very 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 few people out there who have all the accolades. Yes. Have all the accomplishments. Also have the character to back it up. And kind of do well in the limelight. True. These guys walk around smoking a six-inch blunt. <laughs> it's legal now. Jiminy Crickets. The world has changed. Yeah, 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 yeah. Yeah, it, it, you know, I, I don't know. It, there, there's, and you know what's funny is because you see certain people that are, they boast. They boast a lot and they, they I think we know who we're going to talk about when I'm going to say this is you see what he says and he's promoting, he's promoting a lot and he talks a lot of a dump truck fleet of dump trucks full of shit. Yeah. But we know who's number one. Yeah. You know, but he also, you hear and you see the stuff that he does behind the scenes. That's like, he's putting on a show 
but to a person. I, you're talking takes, about Gordon. Gordon. Yeah. He's he, a good dude. And, you know, talking to. Dude, I've ne- I've been around Gordon a lot. Dude. Yeah, I know. Like, when he was coming up. Yeah. And he was never once anything. But cool. He's been hyper respectful yeah. behind the scenes from day one. He knows what he's self-promoting. Yes. You know, he's he's playing the heel. But I think it's it's changed a lot in recent years to the point where, like, he is so far ahead of everybody that yeah. he's just being honest. It is honesty. And it's it's a it's all when he's like he's when like you know Felipe Pena competed over the weekend yeah. he looked like dog shit yeah. comparatively yeah you know like he looked incredible but not compared to, to Gordon no and it's compared to a lot of guys he yeah. didn't look that good but Gordon comes on and roasts him in this post like really guys this was the guy yeah. this is the guy that's gonna be he's like this is your best hope <laughs> at somebody beating me like you're out of your mind and yeah. he'll break down. You know, like systematically, why it didn't it didn't work? It's not gonna yeah. work, and it's all honesty. Yeah, and he's one of the few guys who comes from a place where it's not shit talk because we've seen him dismantle everybody. the best out there, pretty much everybody, and call calling his shots. Yeah. That's insane, and dude. Who who in the world besides Gordon can put in an envelope like rear triangle and and go out and finish Wagner Rocha? Yeah, with a triangle exactly from like the back or something. Yeah, the back. It's triangle. just insane. Not many could do it. I think certain people would say, "Hey, I can tell you how I'm going to get submitted." Yeah, <laughs> dude. Well, look, there. That's at like one end of the, the spectrum. But the other thing that I'm talking about is oh, there's a lot of academy owners out there. A lot of them, from jujitsu to karate to tanksu do to whatever you you want to come up with, and some of them actually do really well pretending to be the sage on the stage. Yeah. And it's something I would never be able to pull off, even if I tried, for a lot of reasons. But uh, the one thing you got to keep in mind is the people who flock to those guys, they're being the sage on the stage. And if they're still successful and people aren't turned off by it, it's because those people need something and the guy is providing it. Yeah. Some people need to kind of be an acolyte of one of these people that are on a pedestal. Exactly. I just don't want those people here. Yeah. I don't want to be that guy. Yeah. I just, I want, I want the the opposite. We're all kind of, I was lucky. The bottom line is, and and, and to put it, put it bluntly, you're looking for peers. Yes. Yeah. Peers. This is pretty much a, I forget what the term is, where it's just, it's flat line. I mean, sure, we have different belts. We have different ranks. We have different roles and stuff like that, but we're just, we're all the same. You're my trainer. Like, I remember Ricardo would talk about it. Like, when he first started in academy, when he was a brown belt, he was, like, fighting MMA at the highest levels and stuff. He he just needed to create training partners. Yeah. Like, his school was the genesis of RABJJ was him needing training partners to get ready for, like, King of Pancrase. Yeah. You know? And, and like, Abu Dhabi. He wasn't, like, shipping out to get ready for these things. Yeah. Like, he would, like, stop at Henzo's. But... That's kind of what I did here, man. Like, you guys are my training partners. I was lucky coming up in my uncle's dojo because from the time I'm, like, seven years old, you know, we'd be, like, holding a fucking horse stance. He'd be torching us yeah. and telling stories. But old school stuff, like, hold the horse stance for, like, five minutes, which is just pretty much like a low squat, like a squat almost with your legs, like, super wide. And I just, I'm lucky that he would say things like, like I'm at the front of the room teaching because I just happen to be the senior student and, I, and somebody has to do it. True. 
but we're classmates. Yeah. Like, I'm not your teacher. I'm your classmate. It's like we're training together. Like, and I'll say it a lot when I'm teaching. It's like when we're doing, like, some of the judo stuff. It's new to me. Yeah. Or the leg, some of the leg lock entries. This is new. Like, we're learning this together. This is not like everybody sit down, take out your notebook. This is like we're we're in the lab together. We're figuring it out together. We all have our lab coats on. You've said that many times. Yeah. Well, it's true. It's true, dude. Melissa would would say like like sometimes I'd be at the house right before I come in, and I'd have like a video from like Worlds or Abu Dhabi up, and I'm like kind of just watching it. And uh, she'd be like, "Oh, what are you watching?" I'm like, "I'm trying to figure out this like takedown. I'm going to teach it tonight." She's like, "You're just going to watch it and then teach it?" I'm like, "Yeah." For a few reasons. One, I've been doing this a long time. So, like, I'm at the point I can watch you can something analyze and I can do it. Because um, they're all just pieces of the same puzzle. Yes. It's yep. just like, you know, it's the same, like, smoothie. It's just sometimes the berries go in last. <laughs> yes. Um, but also, there's a lot of comfort in knowing that I don't have to put out the illusion of being perfect. Yes. I don't have to put out the illusion of already having every technique ever created in my fucking repertoire. And how many times you've called other people out to say, hey, yeah. can you demonstrate this? Yeah. Sometimes I'm not the best. Yeah. I, I And I, I think I told you back when uh, Pasha made his uh, competition class, um, first class he came to. When he would, his er, debut. I think that registered on the... On the I was size my graph. Yeah, pretty much. But I was like showing just basically like how to set up a foot sweep or something like that. And I'm like, you should be teaching this, not me, because you're obviously far superior when yeah. it comes to this than me. And he was like, oh, you know, that's right. That's right. You're good. You're good. I'm like, dude, yeah, Posh, but, but. Posh is really good with that. Like, you guys might not realize if you've rolled with him, you know something's up. He's not he's a not one a, stripe blue belt. A one stripe I don't know. He's got what, like 20 years of Sambo or something? Something like that. Yeah. So, so you know what? The, and again, this is, this just shows a lot about Pasha. He never sits there and tells you his that's life. That's what story. I'm saying. Not, not only that, he, I, he still hasn't told me. Yeah. I just like laugh at him. Yeah. I'm like, all right, yeah, blue belt, huh? <laughs> um, but here's what's really impressive, and I've, I've encountered a couple guys like this. Sometimes, like, when, I've been to a lot of seminars. Like, I used to go to, like, Eric Paulson seminars. Like, yeah. I've been to it. When I was coming up, I used to travel a lot to go to seminars. Definitely from, like, other martial arts, too, because I'm just into it. Yeah. And you could always tell. There would always be, like, two types of guys. One would be, there'd be three types. One would be, like, the eager student who is, like, pretty capable and, like he was under the umbrella. So it was pretty obvious he belonged there. And then there'd be a couple outliers. Yeah. One would be like me and one would be like the other guy. The other guy would be like trying to fucking show everybody how good he is. Yeah. And like how much he knows. And like, oh, look, I know that Eric Paulson does it this way, but here's how I do the armbar. Yeah. That douchebag. And then on the other side, it would be like me and my uncle would be training together. And I, I, I have a pretty firm grasp with the Kimura. Yeah. Like I, I, I have do a you? decent Kimura. Yeah. But I'm not going to do the Kimura my way at Eric Paulson's seminar. No, I'm that's not why you're there. I'm going to do it the way that he taught it. Yes. And not only that, when he comes over to correct me, I'm going to fucking listen to every word he says. Yeah. And I'm going to alter my Kimura to his liking yes. at his seminar. Yeah. There's value in that. Pasha comes into class, I guarantee, especially when we're doing like uh, like leg locks. I bet you he's got some like knee bars and if he did Sambo. Yeah, from the Sambo stuff. But he never, ever steps out of what we're doing no. ever ever he plays like jordan pearson says like you have to learn to play the role of the fool yes because without playing the role first playing the role of the fool you'll never be able to be the master true for what is a master it's somebody just who was the fool long for enough a long to long learn time, yeah. 
And when you don't embrace the role of the fool, you shut yourself out off to influence. Yes. And then you're just stuck. Yeah. Or at least like you're moving through the mud when you could just be fucking skiing along in like a fan boat through the bayou. <laughs> I guess. Looking for gators. Yeah. But Pasha never does that, dude. No, he does not. Always plays the role of the white belt. Always. Yeah. And he's always receptive when somebody asks, hey, can you show me something? Can you help me with this? Like... Irish Spring the one day for whatever reason was like yeah yeah show me this and Pasha was just <laughs> and we saw we saw um, Irish Spring show me the most violent throw that you have in your arsenal <laughs> we saw his soul leave his body a few times that's always fun yeah it's a good time I love when that happens yeah but Pasha is very again he's a guy he's a quiet guy he comes in he trains trains hard uh, he's very diligent about his he's training. happy to be here too man he, he always is. comes up to me at first I was like he might be a murderer <laughs> Cause you never know, you know, cause he's he's Russian. Yeah, you know he's he's he does fucking Moldovia. muscle up. He does muscle ups to warm up. Yeah, if you guys don't know what a muscle up, look it up. Yeah, it's not easy. No, you do a full pull up into a like a push up dip. Yeah, like you're in gymnastics. It's, it's very difficult, and he'll bang out ten of those for the warm up. And I'm like, dude, you do gymnastics? He goes, no. I'm like, how do you? He's like, oh, this was like gym class in Russia. Yeah, they would do that in gym it was class. Moldova, Moldova. Something like yeah, that. so former Soviet yeah. block, dude. But and then you look at our our gym. Like, do they even make him do the mile run anymore? They make him walk now. Walk the track. Oh, get the fuck out of here. We'll just we'll never win that. Okay, battle. walk the track, but you can take your tasty cakes with you if that makes you happy. Dude, you know what is? Uh, I, we're gonna get off topic as always, <laughs> but that comes up like when the whole Ukraine thing happened, and you see videos of Russians in the woods like working out literally alongside bears. Yeah, and then you see like you know blue hairs here like crying because of like tweets and you're like and then the meme the joke is like oh like we lost this war yeah that's true like there's a lot of soft people like a lot of people made out of cotton around here but dude at the end of the day like you go to like a wrestling meet yeah in jersey there's a lot of PA, hard people out there dude there's still a lot of hard asses they're the uh the quiet minority yeah they're the quiet minority and like, we still have our Tim Kennedys and our Jackos. Yes. Like, I think we're going to be okay. Yeah. yeah. And I, I, I could say, and I say with pride, I mean, for the most part, we're a quiet minority. Yeah. We're not walking around. We're not peacocking. No. You know, I never peacock. Why Why should I? You know? And I think, and I, I know I, I, I said it before where um, my former company was like, um, they're like, hey, what's this thing you're doing? I was doing Fight to Win. And I, and I, I said, yeah, yeah, you can watch it here. And they, and they like Monday, they're like, dude, I had no what idea. Was that? They're like, really? You? And the like, first yeah. time, first or second, my dad didn't go to any of my fights, but one time me and Melissa went to visit him, and I was like, you want to watch? It's on my yeah. phone. Do you want to watch? He's like, I'll take a look. And he sees it. He's like, oh, I thought you were doing like, <laughs> I don't know. what the, He's like, WWF or I don't know what the hell I thought you were going to be doing. I was like, no, dad, a fucking cage fight. Yeah. Like, it's a cage fight, man. What would you Get your head out of your ass. Yeah. But, uh, yeah, people don't know. They don't know. And and they don't understand. It's, it's you know, until they step on the mat and they experience what we experience, the, the transformation process from you're tearing yourself down to a new beginning. Yeah. Then you're building yourself up a better human. Unless you do it, you really don't experience that. And no. You know what I mean? Oh, look at Al. He's got to be lopsided when he's in the guard. I know that. I know that look. That's the my knee is hurt, but I have to look like I'm not in pain for the 
for the whole class. He's ookying for Tony right now. He's, <laughs> he's all jacked up. That's me every day. Yeah. Um, I don't know if you saw, but uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of Doctor Andrew Huberman. Yes, who was like he a, was on Lex Friedman. Yeah, uh, I can't stand Lex Friedman, dude. No. no. I can't stand them. I can't. I I listen every. I can't listen all the time, and I can't listen to the full podcast. Just the, way, the. I can't stand them. The way he talks is. I I find the way he talks to, and this is coming from somebody with a terrible voice. I find the way he talks to be terrible. It's it's like very drab and like. Yeah. It's like he's a dumb guy masquerading as a smart guy. The way he talks, yeah. which is fine. It's just. I'm waiting for the the profundity to hit, and it never hits. It's like yeah. it's always build up to this profound thing that never happens, and it's in this very dry, monotone now, kind of. I could tell you this. So I was listening to his original versions of his podcast like six years ago, seven years ago, uh-huh. when it was I forget I don't even remember where when it was, but it was basically him on a phone call with somebody else, and I listened to all those, uh-huh. you know, and he's. Been pretty much his style. It's just probably he feels more comfortable in his skin now. Yeah, but it's just the way he is, man. It's just the way he I carries get it. Himself. And you know, he's big on saying things about like love and the universe and and this and that. But I don't buy it. And I'm not saying he's full of shit. It's just the way he communicates. It's yeah. hard for my brain is like something's not yeah. matching up here. And it may be just the way he communicates it to you and the way you you feel it. You know. It, yeah. And it's just like you Look, can have man, three I'm, people sing a I'm song entitled, and you get three. I'm entitled to my opinion. Yes, you are. I can't stand them. Yeah, it's fine. I didn't say there's no. I, it, that's strong. It's not that I can't stand them. It's yeah. just to listen to him talk for two hours is difficult for me. I can, like I said, I was just about to say, I can. You can have three people do a cover of a song, mm-hmm. and you're going to get three different versions, and one is going to ring with you, and the other two may not. Dude, like and I, if I, I thought, don't like it, and you like it, which is fine. It doesn't I, make I, it look. Wrong. I thought Newfound Glory did better than Celine Dion with <laughs> "My Heart Will Go On." That's just who I am, and that's you know. Who's Celine Dion? <laughs> Dude, we, Didn't you get right on a I Titanic? I brought that up to Melissa. I don't even know what that... We were driving to Lowe's. I was like, what do you think Celine Dion's up to these days? She's in Vegas. And is she still doing she, that? I she's still in Vegas. I know that she retired at the top, but then went to do her residency yeah, at Vegas. because her husband died. The 90-year-old yeah, Sony he, guy. They, they got married when he was 120. Yeah. That's hard His to name, believe. A man named Renee. <laughs> yeah. um, it's only a girl named Sue. But you know, what I was, Sue? you know what I was thinking about? Which is a crazy thought. Like, at one point... And the the war the entire world she sang a song that the entire world knew yeah. the entire fucking world yeah. my heart will go on the whole world and it was a perfect storm that will never happen again it will never happen again I was I forget the biggest what I, movie of all time <laughs> the biggest ballad of all time and before like streaming services yeah. dude so imagine how weird it is because I was telling Melissa like we go to Chickies and someone will be like are you are you do you own the the jujitsu play? Like one random person might yeah. kind of like have a cousin. I'm, and Melissa's like, "Whoa, you're you're famous. You're famous, dude! Imagine singing a song that the people in the Everybody Philippines, knows. even I know the song. Everyone, <laughs> did you see? There was a thing on Reels. They have Reels now on Facebook, and it was they were talking about. They were asking uh, Leonardo decapitated. They go, "Let's be real." Shouldn't there have been more room on that door for you? <laughs> He's like, no comment. Yeah, <laughs> and they kept real. They kept asking him questions. He's like, I have nothing to say, dude. Yeah, that whole thing. That's like sleeping next to like like a five year old in your bed. 
Like Scarlet's turn sideways. You're about to with fall off. Completely. <laughs> I'm I'm sitting in the fucking Arctic. Should I tell you I do not miss those days uh, where I was. I like, do. I, they don't sleep in my bed anymore. I miss it. I had we had a we had a king size bed, and you know she's on one side, Jack's in the middle, and I'm hanging on to dear life. I'm like yeah. teetering on the edge of a cliff. I still sleep like that. Yeah, me too. Dude, I'm it's in a king size bed. I'm on the edge, just like I'm in a tomb. <laughs> do you know how many times I had to do the kickstand with my right leg? Like falling out of Fall bed. over, I'd stop myself, yeah. and I'd go, look over, and i go, I'm going to fucking punt you like a football in it a minute. It goes boy. quick, dude. Yeah. It goes That's, quick. And then, you know, it, you know, I got to tell you, Jack had a, whatever they call that, cotillion on Friday, and I'm like. Cotillion? Cotillion. What, do you guys live in Savannah, Georgia in 1860? Yes. <laughs> did he did he walk down the steps with like another debutante? Yeah. No, he didn't go. He didn't go with a girl. But that's what they did at Cherokee. They did this. And he was like, he was called a cotillion. It's called a cotillion. And, and nobody tried to cancel this event. There was no outrage. There was no picketing. No, no. Although Shawnee didn't have their. Dude, how, how they pick and choose what to cancel. I will never understand. I don't get it. I will never understand. I don't get it. Dude, it's like. They didn't have to wear masks either. Oh, good for them. Is that still happening? I don't know. That's the thing. Like the Texas Rangers, the baseball team. Yeah. Like that's a nod to the actual Texas Rangers yes. from like the 1800s. Yeah. These, do you know about these people? They weren't like an actual military unit. They were just these fucking assassins. Yeah. These dirt balls who were illiterate had, they wore like, you know, cow hides yeah. and they just indiscriminately murdered Indians and Mexicans. Yeah indiscriminately and they would they would literally scalp everybody that they got and they would got to get paid by scalping yeah. and they were completely unruly like anytime they rolled into a town people would just kind of scatter yeah these people they were, were murdered they, they were, were well they were paid by the government yes that was the and they were outlaws. paid assassins they did the dirty work for the government the dirtiest of all the work and why are we still calling it the texas rangers where do we draw the line i don't know i, don't, I saw a documentary on them there's this guy walker he was really popular uh, Texas, you never saw Walker, did Texas he know, Ranger. Did he know karate? He, he kind of knew karate and he had stretch pants. His jeans stretched really good. Yeah, I heard he did all his training on a Bowflex. He, he hap- you saw it too? Yeah. yeah Walker, dude, Texas Rangers There's guys. so much, um, people just don't know history. I, we're watching. That's, you know what's funny? Is they think it's a nod to the service without knowing the history that these guys were basically they paid really part of the service no uh, exactly but they, they, they were mercenaries exactly that's what i was getting at that they're blackwater you yeah. know they're kind of like blackwater they go out don't and they say do that a, too loud green water they're yeah. like water that's got fungus in it they go out and they would do the they did the dirty work for the government we don't want these i'll people tell you what dude them. if it wasn't for the texas rangers those comanches would have held out another hundred years mm-hmm. that's what really would turn the the tide anyway dude the the lack of understanding of the his that's one of the things when they like everybody was like, you know, over the last two years tearing down statues and stuff. I I get it. So some of them needed to go. Yes. Like I don't understand why you would keep any sort of statue from the Confederacy. Yeah. Because they lost. You know, even like not all of them were slave owners. No. You know what I mean? Yeah. But anyway, that doesn't make any sense. Why you would keep that? You lost. Um. But that, but there is danger. Yeah. There's danger in totally forgetting your past. Yes. And it's just weird to me when there's like inadequacies and like in, inequity in what gets tear, torn down and what doesn't. It, it, like just one more little indication of how lacking our understanding of history is, basic history. We're watching this documentary about Abercrombie and Fitch. It was, it's exciting. It was fun because 
Abercrombie, I was in high school and like middle school and high school at the height of Abercrombie's power. Yeah. So they, for, for many years in my formative years, they were kind of like the tastemakers and it, it played a huge role in like our high school years. So we wanted to watch it. And in the opening, they were doing like this montage of pretty much just like super white people doing sporty shit. <laughs> and at one point in this montage, they had um, JFK was like wearing a polo yeah. and like like uh, pop collar. What are those boat shoes? The topsiders. Topsiders. Yeah. And he's on like a fucking boat in Martha's Vineyard, and they put up like um, wasp. Which, if you don't know what a wasp is, white it's a white Anglo-Saxon Protestant. Yeah. Um, pretty much, you know, the founders of, of the colonies, pretty much, right? And uh, here's what I don't understand. Like, JFK is famously the first Catholic president. president. Yeah. So he is not a wasp. No, he's not. Like, nobody on the editing board had an eighth grade working knowledge of history. Yeah. <laughs> You're like That's a huge red flag to me, like where we are culturally. You can put tags on anything. Yeah. Wrong or right. Yeah. And we say most of the times it's wrong. Yeah, I know, but that one is clearly. That's clearly that's like ridiculous. Hard, yes. yes. That is 100% wrong. There's no room for interpretation. Yes. It is wrong. Yes. You know? That's like if I called you a Dago. That's just not accurate. That is really not accurate. It is highly inaccurate. <laughs> Oh boy, that's what, one of the reasons I've always been really attracted to like the post-training stories when Henzo's around, when Ricardo's around. I just love hearing like where it comes from, dude. Yeah, I love and dude for how douchey Gordon can come across to like people who don't really know the shtick. Yeah, that it, like he's kind of playing this this character. He makes a very good point about jujitsu's past a lot when people yeah. try to be like, yeah, you know, Gordon, like you're talking like this and that, but you're. You're a representative of jiu-jitsu, the gentle art, and like, blah. And he goes, hey, asshole, how do you think Gracie jiu-jitsu like made its mark in the United States? It wasn't from the UFC. It was from dojo storming. Yes. And having challenge matches. They literally, in Torrance, California, like the original like little Gracie school, they were next door to like this bar. Yeah. And these friggin' drunk Mexican guys would always poke their head in after drinking all night, and then they would do a challenge match. So yeah. they'd be beating the shit out of these like drunken... It, it was assault. Yeah. It was assault. They were assaulting these guys who didn't know how to fight. Yeah. So, like, the whole... And they were literally dojo storm in Brazil. Yeah. In Brazil, they would in literally Brazil, they show did. up yep. at all the other schools with the one goal in mind of trying to just Prove claim the supremacy yeah. of jiu-jitsu. I mean, that, again, that's what the UFC was. Look, I dig it. Don't get me wrong. Oh, like, I think it was I, awesome. It's cool as shit. I like it. But <laughs> at one point, like, revisionist history takes yeah. over, and it's like... We're too high-minded and too highbrow to engage in something. You so forget about what the roots of it. Exactly. Was. I mean, dude. they obviously never looked at Black Belt magazine in the '90s. That's why I always try to come back to the idea, like, and and you know, there's like me, and then like how Matakis approaches it. Like with Matakis, Jiu-Jitsu is simply the vehicle. It's the vehicle to become a better person. I I want you to become a better person, but I never want you to lose sight of the fact that we're really a, number one. We're here to learn how to fight. Yeah, we're here because the world is filled with violence. Yes. No matter how much we want to act like it isn't, no matter what, the world is filled with chaos. Yes, chaos is always lurking in the form of a car accident where you need to be able to pry open the door yes. or like pull your kid out, or a fire at your house, and you need to be able to like lower yourself out of the second story window. Like you need to be physically fit. 
or you're in the Walmart parking lot. Yep. And you, you know that's used here almost daily. That term. We use it on purpose. I have a question dude. for you. Why yeah. do we never say Target parking lot? Because Target's too good for that. Because it's hoity-toity? Yeah. Highfalutin? Yeah, dude. You ever go inside a Target? Really? They so got, uh, yeah. They Target? got like the Joanna Gaines set up. <laughs> yeah. like, there's none of that fighting <laughs> bullshit at Target. <laughs> no, nah, we, sh- we probably should actually start using Target. But keep in mind, like, you might be thinking, I don't know, man. I don't, I don't think there's that much violence. Every single day, there's more and more and more mental illness. More and more people are becoming medicated. Yeah. They're becoming disassociated, right? Like yeah. they're, they're, everybody's on something. Yep. And that's only one step away from somebody having like an episode or whatever. Yeah. And I just don't want to be unprepared. I'd hate to be the one guy who's unprepared. We've talked about preparedness a lot on this podcast. Yeah. It's our duty to prepare the people. Yeah. Dude, just hoping that it doesn't happen is not good enough. No. Trying to avoid it helps. Yeah. Trying to avoid it at all costs is a good start. Can I always hope that my mortgage company says, nah, you don't have to pay this month. Maybe, hey, cross your fingers hard, dude. Maybe one day. Do you hope enough? Probably not. It's not going to happen. I'd say you have a much higher likelihood of being attacked at Target than your mortgage company telling you that you don't have to pay this month. 100%. Dude, one, you know, we could jump. One thing I want to say, though, is uh, we say this phrase too much. We say the beautiful thing about jiu-jitsu is, or we say the beauty of jiu-jitsu is, but Scott Chalk sent me some pictures yesterday, and the first thought I had was, goddamn, jiu-jitsu is beautiful. And here's is. why. Because Scott brings his son, Edward, here, and... Um, Ryan's here. Josh is here. Yeah, the kids come to open mat, which Wyatt is was in. impressive. Yeah, but uh, he sent me a picture of Edward, who you know he's gone through his own trials and tribulations of being a kid, and and uh, he's a rambunctious young man, but he's super respectful, and super. he's got a really good head on his shoulders, yep. and he's got a very bright future. One of the things that's so impressive about him, I get this picture. You had the We Defy guys here. Yes. So you had some vets, some some ROTC guys, I guess. No, they were. They're all three were uh, Marine vets. Oh, fantastic. Yeah. Mark was a, he got the, we gave him the scholarship. Uh, uh, Sean and Casey are, they're just vets. Oh, perfect. Former Marines. Yeah. So, so you had, you know, you can't call them soldiers. What do you call a Marine? You're always a Marine. Just a Marine. You're always a Marine. Just a Marine. Two Marines going, put going to college. Two very, very smart guys. All three of them are very smart guys. Uh, like I said, Sean, who's the one that Ed was choking out in the one picture. And mind you, Sean is, you would roll with him and you go, oh, you were a wrestler. He's like, no, I'm not a wrestler. I'm like, well, you're built like Good one base. and you roll like one. Yeah. And, and you know, he was rolling with Edward, man. It was awesome. Under control. So yeah. Scott sends me his pictures and it's Edward walking over and introducing himself to yes. these Marines. Yep. Which says a lot, dude. Think about that one picture. It's Edward, who's like 10 years old. You know, jujitsu is this like very bright spot, and it's it's this thing that that adds structure and uh, humility into his life. You know, like he's a fire plug that yeah. kid. But when he's he's here, like he's got nothing but self control. Yeah. And it's this arena where he gets to develop that respect and like develop, and he's around like role models. Yeah. And, and and really plays a big role in his life. And in the same room, you have these marines. Yeah. Or using jujitsu to get like back on track, or yeah. to overcome things, or to cope with 
whatever happened. Like yeah. we all have our personal obstacles and they're using jujitsu to overcome it. Yeah. In one picture, in one day, on one mat, you've got these two, couldn't be further apart. Yeah. You got a 10 year old kid who's get, dealing with this, this and this, and like he's getting all these things out of it. And on the other end of the spectrum, you got these adults, these Marines who've been in the battle. They've been there yeah. and they're overcoming this, this and this, and they come together. Yeah. It just says so much. And it came together on common ground. Yeah. The mat. It's awesome. Yeah, dude. It's awesome. It's just the word legacy keeps coming to mind. Yeah. Like, what's, our, what's, what's our legacy going to be? Impact. I hope so. Impact. What I hope so. you want it to be? That's it. Units of human... Dude, I go to these... Full disclosure. Like, I, I always let you guys peer behind the curtain. But we go to, like, these EFC events. Like, these, like, uh, conventions, you could call it, of all school owners. And most of what they're talking about is how to generate more revenue. Revenue. Yeah, like how do we get more income? And all I can hear is like, how do we squeeze as much as we can out yeah. of it? And I'm like, what the fuck are you talking about? Yep. And I'm, I'm not one. I'm, capitalism is great. Yes. It, it's the best system in the whole world. And uh, I don't think anybody who runs a school deserves to be a pauper at all. But the one goal of ours, we've got one goal, and it's units of human influence. Exactly. Units of human influence. That's why the 500 number is so big for us. You know, it it's wasn't so we could get a helicopter pad on yeah. the roof, but it's not. I would love to get a helicopter. That would be awesome. Dude. That would really. That'd that be would awesome. be really cool. Imagine, imagine that. That'd be sweet. We'll work on it. We'll but anyway, to. like I, I wanted to have 500 students because we want these ripples in the community. Yes. And like the word legacy means a lot to me, and it's not going to be world champion. It's not going to be like UFC. Cha- none of that. And hopefully, it's not going to be anything else. But it's going to be this. Yeah. Like we made this huge impact on the people that were here in yeah. the time that we had them. It's, and when somebody comes up to me and says something like, oh, you're over there, you're teaching, you're doing this, and I'm like, that's awesome. I've heard this, I've heard that. I go, that's a ripple. Yeah. That's a ripple. Even the smallest pebble makes a wave. Doesn't that How about a lad in saying that? Yeah. We got to change the way we do our black belt ceremony. I was not impressed with the, the, the showing. Of the last one, we only had I like 45, 50 people. I was surprised. Well, dude, look, when we, we announce it, we don't even really say, like, we want to see everybody there. Yeah. We're just like, we have no classes. So that's probably miscommunication. But what we're going to do is we're going to go back to the old school way of it's going to be like a seminar and then okay give out. That's great. Yeah, because everybody wants to train. Yeah. Nobody wants to hear me talk. It was awesome. Yeah, we'll do that. Uh, but Aladdin, he had a really a lot of good points. And yeah. one of them was like, you know, in a school this big, I understand that you can come in and feel like you're just a number. He's like, but you're not. Like you, you might be somebody's favorite training partner. And he goes, everyone is someone's f- favorite training partner. And in my head, I was thinking, unless your name starts with a C and ends in an AC, <laughs> you are somebody's favorite training partner. <laughs> but he's like, just who would a, that be? He's like, just remember. I'm not gonna say. Yeah. He's like, just remember. Like even a pebble can make ripples across a pond yeah and that's that how it awesome. is that was, that was perfect it was that. perfect I, I i came up with that i told him to say that okay i came up with it beforehand you're brilliant no i wish i did come up with it because it's perfect i i always get worried it's very well articulated mike's such a smart guy yeah such a smart guy yeah he's got a good future man he's he's in like jujitsu yeah. and i could he's doing more and more to help and you could see he's starting to see how it can go yes 
Yeah, like he's I gonna love he's having gonna Monomat help out. He's been my Uki a lot, man. He's great. Well, well, we'll leave with this, dude. Like legacy, legacy. That's that's where my head's at right now. And he's I'll, a Ute, and he's thinking of that. He already. is a Ute. Did you say Ute? Ute. Oh, I'm sorry. These youths. Um, but here's where we're at, dude. It's time. It's time. Like we've been open for eight years. It's time. Like, Happy anniversary, by the way. I pointed, I pointed that out, and you didn't even realize yeah, it. You know. Ten, we'll make a big deal out of ten. There you go. Um, but, dude, eight years in, we've got a bunch of black belts, but we still only have one school. Yeah. So we're, in our, due time. Our units of human influence, our ripples, they're limited by a geography. Yes. Within reason. We have people that travel pretty far to get here. Yes. But you see where I'm getting. I know. Like it's it's time, man. I know. Like we gotta start putting some feelers out there. We gotta see like who's gonna be running the next ship. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Like even it was what, the Nina, the Pinta, and the Santa Maria. And the Santa Maria. Yeah. It was three of them. Yes, there was. Because you can fit more people on three instead of one. Can you? <laughs> yeah. I think. I'm not a mathematician. No, let me I don't have enough toes going right yeah. now. But that's where my head's at. So I really hope that saying that has this effect on our dear listeners that even if they're like a white belt or blue belt, that they get that little, oh, shit. Yeah. I hope the hairs stand up on the back of like Angelo's neck hearing this and he sees himself in a black gi. Yeah. And knows like, oh, wow, there's a there's a future. In there this. is a future. There is, man. And the truth is we're the best at what we do. We're, yes. we're so good at this. We're so good at developing instructors. We're so good at welcoming new students. We're so good at, at ferrying people across the blue belt. We're, we're among the best in the entire world at the hardest parts of this whole journey. So there, it's time for us to like proliferate. Yeah. You know, like I, I just want us to impact as many people as we can. That's the main goal. It really it. is the main goal. Yeah. And I know that was one of the things that when you put on that black E and we can all say the same thing. It's like, wow, I have the opportunity to help people. I have the ability to make as positive impact in this person's life. Not one of us said, this is a great opportunity for professor to up his truck to a Raptor. I wish I had a Raptor. Don't we all? Damn it. I'm happy with my thing that I got. Out I there. actually love the blue Betty. It's a great truck. Yeah. I, I said to Evan Dunn one time, which where the hell is he? When's he coming back? Dunfab? I don't yeah. know. He was back, and then he was gone, and he's back. I'm going to reach out I'm to him. I'm going to reach out to him. So, to harass him. Anyway, I got the uh, the Blue Betty, the Silverado, and then I was like, dude, I just wish I could have gotten the Trail Boss, because yeah. those are crazy awesome. Yes. And he's like, no, no, dumbass. He didn't call me a dumbass, but he, he, his tone of voice was, was calling me like, a dumbass. dumbass. He's like, you don't pay for the Trail Boss. He's yeah. like, you bring it into Dunfab, and we, <laughs> and we turn it, it into for you for like a third the cost. Yeah. And I guess, like, whenever you buy a souped-up version of whatever, they just nail you. They nail you. But then you don't re – because you don't realize guys like Evan exist. Yeah. Like, he can, he made one of those crazy uh, dune trucks, the ones that when you just go 80. Yeah. And then the the yeah, actual the, cab doesn't move. Yeah. And the suspension spring is going up and down. Place, yeah. yeah. He's a talented guy. I, dude, I, I relate to him really well because we both had this vision and this dream and this drive and created this thing. Yeah. And you just get so much out of it. You get so much out of it. And like you're talking about putting on that black gi and it's not about you. It's about the other people. It's true. If it's not about the other people, you don't get to wear the fucking black gi. That's true. But but the down, you know, what downstream effect yeah. is it is all about you. Like you gain so much from putting on that black gi and giving it back to people. Yep. 
Like you, you, you're forced to be a better version of yourself. There's so much positive that comes from wearing that blackie. As long as you're willing to put for the output's difficult. Yeah. Like we talk about it, like me and Tony and you like, but when you get home after a night of classes, you're shot. exhausted. When I get in that truck, when I'm done, I'm fucking shot. Teach every class like it's your last. You have to. If you don't, it's going to be. Yeah. If you don't, it's exactly. going to be. Or like, teach every class like it could be somebody's last class. Dude, that's our thing. Like if somebody, like if somebody asked me like how to teach their instructors and instruct the one of the things we always bring up is you imagine every single uh kid's mom came up to you before class and said timmy wants to quit today's his last day mm -hmm. you treat every class like that or it's gonna be his last day exactly same thing with the adults exactly everybody's gotta have a good experience and that takes a lot out of you but the more you put out the more you get back you couldn't have said it any better myself i would have loved to have heard you try though me when is it you do <laughs> <laughs> alright dude I'll see you in a little bit for classes can't wait guys the uh, attendance here we go is now digital it's digital no more cards so please make sure you're on the EFC Aquila app you should have gotten an email invite and you can book your class right through the app and the benefit of that is you don't have to sit in line at the kiosk but we are going to have an iPad set up where you could just type in your name as well the same issue is going to come up there as the cards where there's going to be like eight or ten people like milling about. Just use your phone. Yeah. The other good thing about having it on your phone is the more custom you get to the the phone, we're going to keep building this app out to where you could track your uh, like progress through your belt rank. I'm going to put in requirements for every stripe, so like certain techniques you have to learn, and we're going to put in like technique videos mm. for your requirement. There's going to be a lot. Build it up. Build. We're going to build it out, so get involved. Awesome. And uh, just be very forgiving if this all crashes and burns. <laughs> <laughs> all right, take care, guys. See you, guys.